This episode is part two of this very short series on the foundations of property management, helping you to establish all the things that you need to have in place to create a successful rental or property management company. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, super delighted to be back with you once again as we head really deep into the fall now. Colours are fantastic up here in Ontario. We've been going out with a drone to just get some really, really great images that we're going to be starting using with some of our content on the website probably by the time it gets up, you know, the leaves will be down. It's such a short time, but we will have it for promotions for next year, of course. And uh, building up our collection of stock photography. And that is really important. If you are going to create some really good content on your website, you're going to post to things like Pinterest and Facebook and Instagram. Of course, you've got to have those real quality photographs and images. So uh, I'm going to spend the next couple of months, particularly if I'm going to be here in Ontario and not down south, creating a lot of video, Um, whether it's reels for Instagram or YouTube videos, I don't know, but I, I just want to collect all the footage And this is a fantastic time to go out and collect some really great footage that I'll be able to use in some video production. So that is my goal, in fact, for this winter, should I stay here in the snow. I'm actually looking at my propane fireplace at the moment thinking, gosh, that would be quite nice to sit in front of that with the snow drifting down outside. I've got that sort of romantic notion of winter, which comes upon me around about this time of year. Uh, It doesn't last very long. Uh, particularly when the snow does start coming down and it's not as romantic and enjoyable anymore. But anyway, that's my plan for the winter. If we are to be remaining in Ontario, if the borders don't open, then um, I'm turning part of my house into a video studio and we'll be creating a lot more video. If I do end up down south, maybe I'll just do video outside. I don't know. Just something I'm working on at, at the moment. But at the moment, I'm looking outside and just seeing leaves falling down. So yeah, really, uh, really excited actually about getting out with the drone and getting some really great photography at this gorgeous, gorgeous time of the year. So last week in the first part of this short series about the foundations of a successful property management company, I talked about a business plan. I talked about SWOT analysis and how to determine your unique selling point, uh, your niche. Get that out there. Make sure you're doing this. And just to reiterate what I said in that episode, that it doesn't matter if if you're very new to the business or you've been in the business for five years. If you do not have an executive summary or a summary of your business plan that you can revisit every year and update then I would strongly recommend you start one now. Because at some point in the future, you will want to sell your company. 
or you'll somebody's going to come along and say, okay, I've got money for you if you can show to me that you run a successful company. Well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to show them how successful you are? Because just three years of your figures aren't sufficient. They're going to want to know a lot more than that. Do you know how you position your properties to to your guests? You know, what demographic are you looking for? They want to know your market analysis, want to know more about your company, want to know about your story. So that whole episode in the first part of this series was about that, was about getting this live document, this living document going so that you have something in place you can review year upon year, and then you have it documented. You don't overwrite it every year. You update it every year and then keep a copy of the previous year's executive summaries. So you can see where you've been, where you are now. And then of course your forecasts, be able to look back three years ago and say, okay, what did I forecast three years ago? And have I actually met that forecast now? And that will help you in the forecasting for the next three to five years. So I hope that if you listened to the first part of this series, that you've already started on this. But if not, I've got something for you and I'll mention it at the end of this episode. I've got a giveaway for you that's going to really help you to create this, whether you're starting out from scratch or whether you have been in the business a little while and it's something that you want to do. So in today's episode, I am talking about the other six parts of your foundation of of property management company. You know, last week was just the first three, the business plan, the SWOT analysis, and defining your USP. This week, I am talking about seven, did I say six? Seven, seven other things that you need to be doing. We're going to be talking about your website. I will talk about networking, your property management software, your communication workflow, owner acquisition strategy, having your boots on the ground. And then finally, we'll have a short talk about marketing. So that's seven other elements that create your foundations of your property management company. And, you know, if you've been in the business for a while, you might want to look at all these 10 elements and make sure that each one of them is being covered off right now. So here we go. Let's just kick off with a website. Unless you are just co-hosting on Airbnb and that's all you intend to do is be a co-host, which is to a degree, a definition of property management. There's not a great deal that a co-host is doing that a property manager doesn't do. And I know of co-hosts that manage multiple properties, but a co-host is simply on Airbnb and that's all they do. That's, that's the only platform that is in use. And, and quite honestly, if that's what you're doing, you may not find that this episode is very useful to you because we're going to be talking about communication workflows, which incorporate all sorts of communications that you may not even be able to do as an Airbnb co-host. But, you know, listen in, you may find some really great nuggets that will help you along the way. And maybe, maybe you will come across something that makes you go, do you know, Airbnb is not the be all and end all. And there are other ways of 
creating a really successful property management company outside of the platform or, or just using Airbnb as a part of your marketing strategy and not having it as a foundation of your business. So website, you've got to have a website if you are going to run a successful company. We're on our third website with our property management company now, and we're really super happy with our website. It was created for us by Realtech. They are a company that specializes in vacation rental website design. Another one you might consider is uh, ICND. Uh, I will put the links to these in the show notes. When we were looking for a web designer, we went to both Realtek and we looked at ICND and we were super happy with both of them. They both have massively good reputations and it was really, really tough to choose between them. And we chose Realtek. I think there were probably some reasons we chose Realtek over ICND, but quite honestly, I love the people who run both companies. So if you're out there looking for a website, definitely go to both of those companies. Quite a large investment if you're going to go that route, if you're going to have a company such as Realtek or ICND to create your website, you are going to have a significant investment. So you've got to be really sure that this is something you want to do. But you know, if if you're in it for five to 10 years, amortize what you spend on that website over that time, and it will be so worth your while. We actually got a grant from a local community group, which covered 50% of the cost. It's very worthwhile having a look around and see in your area if there's any small, any grants available for small businesses. Um, We had no idea that this was available. And it was amazing that that out of the blue, we had this community group pay 50% of our website development costs. So definitely think about looking around to see if there's anything like that available to you. Your website needs to be able to manage multiple properties. You know, you can't just create your own WordPress website for one property and then Well, of course you can, but to incorporate multiple properties and a booking engine onto your website, you need a really professional design. So there are independents out there who will help you with web design as well. Uh, I will put a couple of examples on the show notes. I'm not mentioning any names. I'll put some on the show notes. You can go have a look at that, but it is important absolutely imperative that you have your own website. I will also put a link to episodes I've done before about websites uh, because there are certain elements that you must have in your website if it's going to work for you. I mean, one of them is the ability to include a ton of content. I see so many websites that are simply advertising properties and they just do not have any content to them. But people find your website because they're out there using long tail keywords looking for content. So if you don't have the content on there, people aren't going to find it. So always keep in mind, if you're thinking about getting a new website done, how are people going to find it? Because there is no point in spending a lot of money on a website and then not have the traffic come. So that's it. Website. Got to have one. Next, networking. 
seems a little bit odd, doesn't it, to say that this networking is part of the foundations of building a successful property management company. But take it from me, someone who started in this business way back in 2003, when there was no networking, at least not not up here in Ontario. All the other property management companies were very careful not to talk to you. They kept their secrets to themselves and they didn't want to share anything. It was an odd sort of competitive market. Uh, Nobody trusted anybody else. And they certainly didn't trust any newcomers to the industry. Whereas now it's all changed. You know, we're all out there. Everybody's doing much the same thing. And certainly from, you know, from the time I've spent doing this podcast and speaking to so many property managers, they are all so willing to share with others. You know, even with somebody who's just starting out in the business, they're willing to share their expertise, possibly because there's power in numbers. And the more property management companies, independent property management companies there are in an area, it, it, it can perhaps help to keep some of the larger companies at bay, you know, the companies such as Vacasa. And that's what we want to be doing. So networking, don't operate in a vacuum. It's tough. It really is tough. If you've got some amazing idea that's going to make your company much better than somebody else's, well, you don't have to share that. But you can certainly get involved with property management, rental management associations and groups that get together. I mean, here in Ontario now, we have a group called the Ontario Cottage Rental Managers Association. We try and meet every month. It's so nice actually to get together and share some of the high points and low points of the business and realize that we're all in this, we're all in this together and we experience much of the same things. And I learned so much from some of the other management company CEOs on these calls. And I know that some of the new companies that are coming in, the very small ones, they are just as welcome as we welcome the larger companies. So that's definitely something to do to look around and see what's there in your area. Is there an association that you can join? Go to conferences, join VRMA or any local organization that has a conference, because that's where you will meet loads of people who are doing the same thing as you. That's where you will get the opportunity to learn from experts in um, training sessions and presentations. You'll get to meet providers and suppliers. So VRMA is the sort of the, the biggest one you could join, but of course there's the smaller state organizations, the Florida Vacation Rental Managers Association, for example, there's one in the Northwest. Once again, I will put those links into the show notes um, and you can go and check them out. And certainly you can go to vrma.org and they actually list all the local branches of vacation rental managers associations that you could join in your area. Another way of networking is just network with other tourism professionals. Join the local chamber, perhaps, and you'll meet up with B&B people, some hotel people, others that are involved in tourism in your area. Get onto local tourism committees. That is a great way of networking, learning more about what's going on in your area, not just in the accommodation side of it, but in activities and events, etc. 
So just get involved. And I just said it at the beginning of this little section, don't operate in a vacuum. You need to be out there communicating with people saying, hey, I've just got into this business. I need to learn a lot. Can you help me? And you'll be amazed at how many people will do just that. So next is your property management software. Once again, we're on our, I think our third, third piece of property management software. No, in fact, in fact, we started out with a really cheap software option going back to 2003. There wasn't a great deal out there and we went with the cheapest at the time. Looking back in retrospect, I think probably we, we didn't make the best decision. We just went for cheap. We ended up a few years later outgrowing that and needing to change. And we had an abortive attempt with one of the larger property management software companies and, and eventually found ourselves with the company we're with at the moment. Now, no property management software is perfect. None of them. They all offer loads and loads of options and bells and whistles. And you will never find one that I'm sure that you're going to be 100% satisfied with. So it's just really important to talk to people. And that's where the networking comes in. Talk to others who find out what software they're using, what they like about it, what they don't like about it. But for sure, don't start in your property management business with just spreadsheets. Get off the ground with some good property management software. Listen to the episode that I did with Terry White uh, a few months ago, talking about different types of software. And if necessary, Terry will offer consultancy. And I think that is absolutely well worth going down that route talking to him about your company and what makes the best sense for using for your particular circumstances, because there is no one size fits all. We all have different needs and there are so much different software out there that you've got to make that right choice. But there is no doubt about it. You need the software. I did talk to somebody recently who said that they were, they were starting out and they're just going to kick off with, with some spreadsheets and availability charts, etc. And it's just like, don't do that because you'll find yourselves, find yourself in difficulty before very little time has passed. So check out the links that I am putting in the show notes for property management options and where you can find out more about it. So the next element of the foundations of property management is your communication workflow. And I mentioned this because we didn't really get into having a communication workflow till we were probably 10 years into the business. And it was a real mishmash. Granted, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't as necessary to be constantly in people's faces saying, you know, you've booked your vacation three weeks ago. Now I'm going to give you some more information. And now it's five weeks before your, your holiday and I'm going to give you more information. And now it's a week before your vacation. I'm going to give you more information. So in those days, it was just to have people book a vacation and then send them information on where to get the key the day before. Travelers are different now. They are used to being provided with a lot of information and you need to have a communication workflow in place before you start with your first property, because the moment once you've got that property or your first couple of properties, you will have people wanting to book them. 
And once they've booked them, you don't want to be sitting there going, no, what should I send them now? Should I send them this? Should I send them that? Should I send them a map? Should I send them a list of activities? No, you want that all in place and automatically being sent out to them. So you need to map out your communication workflow, map out how you're going to communicate with your guests, an end-to-end plan. So that is when I say end-to-end, it's from the moment they book and you send them a confirmation of that booking to after they've stayed and you send them a request for a review. And then of course, following on from that, you're going to be remarketing to those guests over and over again. So yeah, well, the remarketing will we'll come back to. So just think about your ideal guest. Think about how far in advance do you think they're going to book? How will you keep them informed of anything that happens? What about when they're staying? How will you communicate with them? So from our perspective, we use Active Campaign, which is a CRM that we set up automatic emails that go out at certain times. And we use Touchday for sending out the guest guide. And we have some automated emails that go out along with that. And then finally, we're using Breezeway for text messaging while guests are on their vacation. It's taken a long time to really get this hammered out. So this communication workflow is all in place. And I wish we'd done it right from the start because we could have improved it as we went along. We just started this. I mean, the text messaging has only been in the past year. Uh, Touch day has just been in the past two years. So when you consider we've been in business 18 years now, it's taken a long time to get this together. So if I can help you (laughs) to, to not delay in the way that we did, then my work is done. This has all been worthwhile. But I think it's really important that you consider that communication workflow as part of your foundation before you really start. It's just one of those things you have to think about. It's not just a matter of posting the property on a platform and accepting a booking. It's taking that responsibility of all the other pieces that have to come together to help your guests have the best vacation ever. Okay, so coming on to probably the most important thing, because without these, you can't do anything. And that's your owner acquisition. So I don't know how you got your first owner or if you even have a first owner. I saw a post on a Facebook group, on my Facebook group, from somebody relatively recently saying, I want to go into this business. How do I get owners? And in fact, it was that particular post that inspired this series because I went back and I said, well, you can't just go out and get an owner. You've got to have all these things in place before you even kick off with this business. So you have to decide a number of things with regard to your target market for, for properties. You have to decide what sort of property you're going to go for. You need to, to decide what location it's going to be in. And then you've got to plan on how you're going to get in touch with these owners and actually make enough impact with them that they're going to trust you. They're going to trust you as somebody fairly new on the scene to look after their property. But, you know, we all started with just one property, whether mostly we started with our own. And then somebody came along and saying, well, you're doing really great with your property. Can you manage mine? And then maybe you did that one really well. And that person then told a friend 
And that friend came along and that is how this business grows. But you need to decide right at the outset how you're going to go about getting owners. You know, maybe you've got some contacts with realtors and you can talk to to your realtor friends and say, look, if somebody buys a property and they're thinking about renting, could you send them in my direction? Maybe you will go to, like we do, we go to what's called the Cottage Life Show in Toronto every spring. And that's where new second home owners are out there looking for their properties and they're looking for people who are going to perhaps help them rent them out. So there's a number of different ways that you can connect with these owners, but you've got to have something to give to them. You've got to have some sort of package that you can show them that shows you are professional. That's where it goes back to your website to make sure you've got a really adequate property management or owner section on your website so people can go there and see that you've really thought about this. You've thought about what you're offering to owners to make them come to you instead of everywhere, everyone else. Here again, you have to think about your unique selling point. What is it about you as a property manager that will make a property owner trust you? Take some time to think about that, particularly in areas where there are very experienced and well-established companies in place. They've been doing this for years. You've got to come up with something that you're going to offer them that's entirely different. Now, I mentioned in the first episode of this series, I mentioned Jane's Cottages here in Ontario. And Jane offered full property management services, which is something that none of the other rental agencies offer because it's just because the nature of our properties are so widely dispersed, you know, might be 30 kilometers down a dirt road. So getting a cleaner down there and, and then supervising them is, is really tough. You just, it's just not an easy task. And then multiply that by a hundred and changeover day is pretty interesting. So Jane came along and said, okay, I'm going to offer full service management, which for, for most of you in the US, that's what you do anyway. But here we'd all looked at it and we said, oh, just really doesn't work for us. So what she did was do it for only high end properties. So if this is a 10 to $15,000 a week property, then she was able to offer a full service with that as well. So that's her unique selling point to owners. You know, an owner of, of a Muskoka mansion here in Ontario is able to go to Jane and know that they can put their property with her. She will provide all the cleaning, all the maintenance, all the, the other services, and also concierge services for her guests as well. So it's definitely a niche, definitely a unique selling point for her with new owners. Now, owners are going to want to know what experience you have. What experience do you have of renting out properties? Now, if you've been renting out your own, that is fantastic. You have that experience of renting out and managing your own properties and you can pull all sorts of examples. So, so what happens if you want to get into this and you don't? have your own property. Well, maybe you've worked for another rental management company in the past and a lot of very successful 
very successful new property managers have started their careers by working in other companies. And, you know, I mentioned Brittany Blackman of Breathe Easy Vacation Rentals. She learned the ropes, I guess, through working with another company before she started her own. She knew exactly what owners are looking for. But if you don't have that experience either, then it's probably a matter of throwing yourself out there and saying, give us a try. That's what I did when we, when, when we started. I'd, I'd never had any experience whatsoever of managing a third-party property. But I'd looked at all the other property management companies. I had figured out where they were weak, figured out their strengths and their weaknesses. And I was able to sort of piggyback on their strengths and make sure that what I was producing, what I was going to offer was going to cover off the weaknesses that the other property management companies had. So for example, for us, we started out with our website producing a lot of content. And at that time, the other property managers weren't doing that. They were just advertising properties. So that was a little bit, you know, towards our unique selling point was that we are going to get more traffic because we are driving more people to our, to, to the website. And then we saw that the other companies weren't promoting winter rentals. Now for us, winter rentals have never been a cash cow. It really depends on so many things. It's, it can go badly wrong when, when, when we don't get the snow or we get too much snow or it gets too cold, or it's too warm. You know, it's, it's a real tough, tough nut to crack, in fact, to offer winter rentals. But we did that. We said, look, we are really going to promote four-season rentals. We're going to try and rent your property year-round. We're not going to say, once Labor Day comes, well, that's it, dear owner. We're done now until next July we're going to try and bring you more income year round. That's actually what got us most of, of our start because just about every owner, particularly if, you know, if they got a winterized property, they wanted that extra income and they felt they could get it and we were able to do it for them. Now, we will never have a winter like we have a summer, but for some of our owners, and we've had some of our owners who've been with us for 18 years, that's one of the reasons they will say that they stayed with us because we, we were eager to get additional income for them. So really have a think about your owner acquisition and how you're going to get people, who those people are, what your unique selling point is going to be, and create a strategy for doing that. Now, I could spend an hour, a certainly another episode, just on owner acquisition and retention. And I'm going to talk about something in a minute that may interest you if you're interested in that. But I want to go on to the next one, which is boots on the ground. And boots on the ground is the people that you are going to be relying on to make sure your business runs smoothly. And definitely don't leave this until you've got two or three properties on your books before you decide, well, who's going to clean them? Who's going to maintain them? Who's going to do inspections? Who's going to do the housekeeping, do the laundry? All these things have to be thought about and systems put in place before you even start. So think about it as your dream team. So maybe you've only got a couple of properties and for many 
managers, they start out doing their own cleaning of these properties and then hiring people in to help them out. But if you don't want to do that, then start right at the beginning by hiring the right people, the right company, depending on which area you're in, you may find that there are plenty of cleaning companies out there that will be able to supply you with the perfect staff to do changeovers. So think about your cleaners, uh, inspectors, somebody who perhaps goes and inspects the property after it has been cleaned. So you have a double layer of cleaning protection, if you like. How is laundry going to be handled? Are you going to be using a local laundromat, a laundry service? Will there be a pickup service? Will the laundry be done on site? And I have to say, you know, many of our properties, laundry has to be done on site because there is just not the, the, there are just not the facilities available to do it elsewhere. So we have properties on islands that uh, are only accessible by water. And yes, a cleaning team could come in once a week and bring in fresh linens and take away the linens. But when that cleaning team lives very rurally as well and cannot get anywhere during the week to get to a laundry, then, you know, you've got to think about different ways of, of, of doing things. So you also need to have on your dream team your maintenance people the handymen. Think about what happens when something breaks. What happens when the power goes out and when the power comes back on, something doesn't work. What happens when a fridge breaks down in the height of the summer or the AC breaks down? All these things, you've, you've got to have a plan to deal with any emergency situation. We have a you know, particular shortage of, of plumbers in cottage country, and it's not possible to move up here to buy a property and then something goes wrong and you call up a plumber and say, hey, hey come out, I need a 24-hour service. No, that doesn't happen. If you are not already a client of theirs, they, they're really not interested because they've got enough business to keep them going without new people coming on board. I mean, finding a plumber is just as difficult as finding a doctor. And, you know, you can be on a list for ages before a plumber will say, okay, I'll take you on as a client. So really important, wherever you are, to build service suppliers into your dream team. Talk to plumbers, talk to electricians, talk to HVAC technicians, hot tub technicians, and make sure that you talk to them. Can they find out how they deal with emergencies? Can you count on them? How long would they be? Just take that time to get to know people. That's one of the reasons, you know, going back to networking, that you should join the local chamber of commerce because you'll probably find that there are people on there, local suppliers, that you can meet and, and actually get to know. So for sure, don't go into the business without knowing all the suppliers and the people that will handle things in emergency. So I know of a number of people who do property management from a distance. They've got, they, they perhaps live in Oregon and they are managing properties, say in Utah, and they have very solid and reliable boots on the ground. So and it's a little bit like, you know, me here, I sit in my office in two hours north of Toronto and I'm managing properties five hours west of Toronto. But we know our boots on the ground in the area. We've been to every property. So we have 
personal knowledge of them. And I'm, you know, if, if you want to be a successful property manager, then you need to have visited every property. I, I, I think that maybe I should have kicked off with that. But really important that you know the area, you know the property, you can speak with authority if you're speaking with a guest about the location. But if you are not physically located in the area, that really does not prevent you from doing this as long as your boots on the ground, your people in the location are reliable, professional, and they are just an extension of your business. Okay, finally, let's just talk about marketing because a marketing strategy has to be out there at the very start. You don't take on a couple of properties and think, okay, now where shall I list them? I'll just put them on Airbnb. Well, maybe that would work. But if you've got your own website and you're taking direct bookings as well, you need to ensure that, you know, somebody doesn't come along and book a property on Airbnb and then exactly the same time somebody is on your website and booking that same week directly. So that's where channel management comes into play. And that's all part of marketing because a good channel manager is going to put you out, put those properties out onto different platforms and then manage the availability and the rates, etc. So many, a lot of the property management software now includes a channel manager element, and there are also separate channel management companies that you can talk to. And I'll put a few examples on the show notes for you to check out. You might be a great proponent of Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest or TikTok or whatever. However, you really do need to decide on one platform at least that you're going to be super diligent at and that you're going to focus on. After you've got to grips with that one platform, then you can start on others. We used to say be everywhere, but in fact, it's there's, there's too many social media platforms now to be everywhere. So just pick one. I'll put a link to the episode I did recently with Jodie Bourne where she is talking about just this, the fact that you need to be out on social media to be marketing your company. And she gives all sorts of very, very savvy advice on how to do that. So marketing really, you know, encompasses so much, but when you really get down to it, it's all about people finding you and the properties that you are representing. So just take some time to sit back and think about it. How are they going to find you? If you're just out on Airbnb and VRBO, are they going to find the property that you've just posted amongst a gazillion others? Are they going to find your website? Once they've found your website, are they going to stay on it to book? Is there enough on your website to get potential guests to trust you and to get them to feel that it's okay for them to book on your site. There are a lot of moving parts in marketing. I remember you know, 20 odd years ago when we started, we had a catalog that used to come out once a year called Tyler's Cottage Rentals. And you bought a little bit of space in Tyler's Cottage Rentals, tiny little classified ad and put a grainy little photo on it and a price and people would call. And that's how we got bookings. But it's so different these days. There, are, there is so much. Everybody's vying for the same thing. You might be using Google AdWords, spending a lot of money on Google AdWords, maybe on Facebook ads. 
and other forms of paid advertising. But just don't do any of this until you've really strategized, until you've looked at how well this is going to work for you. And definitely do your research on where other companies are advertising. Marketing is a hefty topic and we're, we've just covered it in, in about two minutes. So we'll come back to this. Uh, you, you can go through other episodes of the Vacation Rental Success podcast, find many, many episodes talking about different aspects of marketing. So it's just part of, of that research. But just in your property management foundation, then make sure that you have a marketing strategy year on year and review it every year to make sure that what you're doing is actually paying off because it can be very, very easy to expend time and money in one direction that's actually not doing you any good. And just on that note, Google Analytics is your friend. Google Analytics will tell you where that traffic is coming from. So uh, make sure that you, when you build that website, you have Google Analytics installed. Okay, that's it. I think. I'm sure there's other elements. I'm sure there is. And maybe I'll come back to them. But what we've had in these two episodes is 10 elements that create a really strong foundation for a property management company. So we talked about a business plan with an executive summary. We addressed the SWOT analysis, how to determine your unique selling point, your niche, networking, website, having a website and how important that is making sure that you spend time researching the right property management software, getting your communication workflow effective and in place, building your owner acquisition strategy, and then, of course, retention, because once you've got, you don't want your, your owners just to come along for a year and then say, oh, that didn't work, I'm off. You want to make sure you're retaining them as well. Making sure you have boots on the ground whether they're your boots or somebody else's boots, but you've got to have them boots on the ground and having a clear marketing strategy in place. I'm creating a download. I have created a download that covers all these points, gives you some additional information, and you can go to vacationrentalformula.com and go to this episode and you will find in the show notes a link to the Foundations of Property Management download. And that will give you plenty to kick off with, to start off with creating your own business plan, exit strategy, creating that living document. And over time, I'm going to be adding a few more things like a, like a SWOT analysis. So uh, head on over to vacationrentalformula.com go to this episode, download the Foundations of Property Management PDF. I'm sure you'll find that really, really helpful. Okay. I seem to be out of breath here. I get so excited talking about this stuff. Part of me thinks, you know, I'd love to start all over again because I would do it just so differently. Just 20 years has taught taught me so much. It's, It's taught me that a lot of what I did was nugatory work at the outset. I did a lot of things I did not need to do. I didn't do a lot of things that I needed to do. And I probably did. I probably didn't research enough because there wasn't enough out there to research at that time 20 years ago. And here you have everything 
at your fingertips to create a hugely successful property management company. I'd love to hear about yours. I love hearing success stories and I'd love to interview you if you do have this type of success story. So get in touch with me at heather at cottageblogger.com. As I mentioned last week, I am building a property management course, which is going to be called Small But Mighty. And we're aiming this particularly at people with who are starting out or those who have less than less than 15, probably less than 15 properties, 10 to 15 properties. And we're going to go through absolutely everything that we've we've talked about here, all these different elements from hiring people to figuring out who your boots on the ground are going to be to determining your unique selling point and the things that you need to have in your website and just a whole bunch of stuff that I've learned over this 20 years that uh, that I'm going to share with you now. Uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, we we were about to get this off the ground in 2020 when the pandemic struck and we've now revamped the whole thing. So uh, we're looking for a, a group of people who really want to kick this off with me and be our sort of beta course testers, I guess. Um, so if you are interested, please let us know and you can contact myself, heather at cottageblogger.com or my business partner, Mike, mike at cottageblogger.com. And we will get in touch with you and have a chat over whether this is right for you. So on that note, I'm going to head off now and get creating. I'm doing a lot more audio material and video material. So I'm getting really, really busy right now. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. It's always a pleasure to, uh, to be in your ear and, uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.